Yo, 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 what's up, people? How's everyone doing today? August 6th. Man, I hope everyone's doing great. I'm doing all right. Um, Real quick, before I go any further, if you guys can do me a great favor, um, great big favor, rather, um, if you guys have been listening to the podcast for a while, if you love it, if you hate it, if you have questions, comments, concerns, anything like that, I would love to hear back from you. Please go on over to iTunes, go to Apple Podcasts, leave me a review, um, you know, rate me five stars, one star, whatever it is. Just be honest. Um, and then if you can also uh, head over to and let me not say also, but or head over to um, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, uh, any one of those uh, at Faith to Talk and leave me a comment there. You can do that. It might be easier, um, whatever. I just want to get the message out. Um, about love and everything that I've been talking about so far. I think that would be huge. Um, if you guys could also then, on top of on any of those options, go to the website at faith2talk.com, www.faith2talk.com. That's faith2talk.com, not faith, the number two. Um, I had to change it because that website's actually already taken by somebody who basically just forgot about their webpage. So, yeah. Anywho, Go to that webpage uh, and sign up. Let me send you some stuff. Um, engage with me in the forum. Write a blog. Any of those things, guys, would be awesome, 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 awesome. Um, truth moment. Why am I asking you to do this? One, I think it would just be cool to engage with people in a different medium. I think it would be really great to receive feedback, good or bad. Um, I like to see when people are engaging. But also, this serves as another purpose. And that purpose is, um, it really just kind of restores lost motivation because, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's been hard on your boy guys. Um, over the last couple days, weeks, um, if I'm being honest, uh, it's been really hard to find motivation to continue going, you know, um, while this is something that could become a paid thing, um, that's not really my motivation for doing what I'm doing. Um, and I also don't know how to turn this into a paid thing, but if I did, I really wouldn't be motivated by the thought of money. Would it be nice? <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, it'd be great to get paid. You know, it really would. And there's actually this opportunity that I'm looking at right now to kind of do that, but in a different way, not necessarily for the point of getting paid, but it would actually increase my audience. Um, and then the, the byproduct would just be money. Um, but, you know, I really do like doing the podcast is sometimes I just really lose a little bit of motivation and, and by a little, I, I mean all of it. And so, um, yeah, I think that if I heard back from you guys, that'd be huge for me. So if you can do that, guys, that'd be awesome. God bless you. Um, if you do or don't, uh, anyways, back to the topic at hand in today's news, um, LeBron James, uh, he went on record, uh, or just came out on the news and he opened up a college. Um, and, and this is huge, right? For, for a very big reason. And that's, uh, he did this all very quietly, you know? And so that's, that's kind of the point that I want to hit on for just a minute. Um, this guy, Ty Tribbett came out. Ty Tribbett is a singer. Uh, he's a pastor minister. Um, he, he does so much. Um, and I love this guy. So he went on Instagram and, you know, congratulate him. Um, but he made a very good point. He said, you know, congrats to the king. It's amazing what you can do in, in the quiet, right? And and that's something that's so true and it's so amazing. Um, today, people are spurred by um, social media, you know, and 
whatever happens, you got to take out your phone and record it. You know, everything has to be recorded. It has to be in the public eye. If I'm building a brand, if I'm doing a project, if I'm working out, you know, if I'm cooking, if I'm raising my children, if I'm disciplining my children, if I'm driving to work, everything needs to be recorded. Right. And so um, I think it's just so amazing that LeBron James, of all people, I mean, this man, guys, he's really hated by a lot of people. And it's for two big reasons. One is because he decided to leave his hometown team of Cleveland and join a team in Miami. A lot of people thought this was selfish. A lot of people thought that was disrespectful to the city of, you know, Cleveland and his hometown in Akron. Um, a lot of people thought that it was uh, just a blow, you know, to the community. And um, a lot of people thought it was just like a, a self-serving thing, you know, and you're just being selfish and you just want money and you want status and, and you just want to bring people to you because you can't win the championship by yourself. And, you know, just so much judgment, so much criticism. Uh, but the whole time this man was working for a purpose, right? Had his head down, was making business moves for his his own self, you know, and for the community. Um, and that's I think that's a big part of what love looks like. You know, love doesn't need to parade itself in the public eye. Love works in the quiet places and just builds, you know. And so that's what Ty Tribbett said, man. He's like, you know, just keep your head down and build. You'll be surprised what comes from it now. If you are already doing the Instagram thing, the YouTube thing, you know, and you're already in the public eye or if you're just making some money, you know, I'm not I'm not knocking that. I'm not saying don't do that. That's awesome. Do you? I think it's great that that's even something that you can do nowadays. I'm simply saying don't let it distract you. You know, Um, I I don't I get really hesitant and kind of fearful when uh, I hear young guys and gals today talking about, you know, like they want to make it big on Instagram, right? (laughs) Like people use, people used to attain to be actors and doctors and all that stuff. And now people just want to be Instagram famous. Like not again, not saying that's a bad thing, but if that's your, if that's your biggest goal for yourself, like I think we're failing, you know, the generation under us. And so, um, I would just say do that, you know, that'd be great. That's a side thing. Just don't one, don't let that become your whole life and don't let it distract you from doing what you're doing. Like you might be building, you know, a a business, a brand, you might be working on a project, you know, you might be working out, you know, don't let the the influence of social media distract you. Um, If it can launch you, awesome. Um, but if it distracts you and it's something that like you're planning, like now I need to do this and now I gotta, I gotta go buy this. I gotta get surgery to do this. You know, all these things simply for social media. Don't, don't do that. Like, don't let it distract you. Don't let it consume you build by any means. But if it has to be in the quiet and the silent out of the public eye, don't run from that. You know, that's big. Um, so yeah, that's sorry. That was, that's just been on my mind a lot. And, uh, I just, I really needed to get that out. Um, now on to the bigger topic, uh, I have been really looking at, at love from a lot of different angles. I've been praying about it. Um, been having a lot of conversations, uh, just, you know, a lot of more different experiences. And, um, I, and I, I mentioned this before the topic of, um, love and whose responsibility it is, you know, who, who, who loves. Right. And I think I might've mentioned this also, uh, the question that I had in a class that I just took, um, theologies are strategy uh, strategies and theologies of urban mission. Um, and in that class, the question was asked, um, whose job is it? Whose primary role is it to exhibit grace and love? 
Um, and I put, you know, or it actually it asks, is it is it the primary role of a Christian to exhibit grace and love? And I was like, absolutely not. No, that's crazy, you know, um, because there are people that love that don't really care about Christianity, right? Um, here's what I just noticed today, guys, and this was huge for me. I really like in my free time listening to debates uh, between, you know, like atheists and Christians and um, or, you know, Christians and Mormons and, you know, atheists and Mormons and just, you know, Jews, all that stuff. Uh, and I, I really like having those conversations myself. Also, I wouldn't really call it debating when I do it because I'm, I don't necessarily try to change their viewpoint. I just try to explain and give a reason for the hope that I have in Christ and hope that that will at least at, at, at the wor- uh, best, you know, change the way they see me. Um, or sorry, at worst, change the way they see me at best, change the way that they view Christianity. Um, anyways, I, I was looking at this, uh, it was, uh, called the atheist experience. Um, now this is a, I, I think it's a talk show. Uh, it might just be a, you know, like you phone in and they're just recording themselves on YouTube and stuff, but I think you phone in, you know, and you have just like a conversation about stuff. You either agree with them or you disagree with them. But at the end of the day, because they're atheists, they're going to be kind of, um, like this is our show and we're not going to let you do, you know, this or that. And so it, it's kind of, you can kind of see that once you start watching more of them. But I was watching one because it showed up on Facebook today and it was by a guy named Jonathan McClatchy. I think this guy is a uh, Christian theist who, um, I believe is like some sort of scholar of some sort. Um, and, uh, through that, I started looking up the atheist experience and, there's a, there's a, I guess they're an umbrella and under that umbrella, they, uh, there's a group called, um, the Austin, the atheists of Austin. Um, and what they do is basically there's a lot of, uh, outreach. So they do homeless, you know, um, outreach type things. And, and let me just say ministry, I guess, you know, without the purpose of pointing people to Christ, they point them to nothing, I guess. Um, but you know, they volunteer for the homeless, you know, they, uh, uh, they, they f- do food and, you know, clothing and, um, other volunteer things. They do other speaking engagements. Some of them are self-serving, but other of them are just, you know, raising awareness, you know, that, and they, and I both agree on one fact that anyone can go and love the world. Um, and so I think that that's huge that this community is doing that, you know, now because they're atheists, uh, I know that there's a group of them or a small sect of them that, seeks to kind of push Christianity down lower. Um, cause I was looking at their calendar and I just saw some, some titles of events coming up that look like they were kind of like, I don't know. It looked like they were just trying to push buttons. And so, um, but I, I can't say that for sure. Uh, now here's why, even though the primary, uh, role isn't on Christians to love the world, I think that in a way, and I want to be careful how I say this, uh, remember, uh, this is just my opinion. So <laughs> if you need to crucify somebody, crucify me, don't cru- crucify Christianity. Cause it's not the, uh, total opinion of Christianity. It's just mine. As far as I know. Um, here's why I think that, uh, even though Christianity isn't responsible solely for love, I think that we're better suited for it. And, and here's why. Um, me and a friend of mine today at work, we're talking about, um, she has the opportunity to move into, um, a community that, um, seems to be, uh, full of, you know, prostitutes and, um, you know, just drug use and all that stuff. Um, 
And, you know, we were talking and she was like, you know what, Brian, I don't, I don't feel fearful of, of this move though. And, and kind of the opposite, she feels kind of compelled to that community. I think that's huge. I talked to you guys a while ago about how, uh, if you're going to seek to love a community, one of the best ways to do it is just to move into that community. You know, we, we have enough people living in the suburbs, spending their, you know, 20 minutes driving out into the, you know, the bad area handing out their tracks, handing out food, maybe some socks, and they'd be like, all right, peace out, see you guys later, and then leaving the community. That doesn't really do that much, you know? Like, it, it, you're not helping someone if you go in, you throw them a couple bones, and and then they see you get into your fancy car, and they see you leave the community, right? Like, that's sending an opposite message. It's saying, we don't really care, we're just here to pat ourselves on the back, you know? And even if that's not your motive, that's what your actions are telling them. And so... I applauded her, you know, and I actually wanted to partner along with her. You know, I'm like, that's huge that you want to go into this community and risk your well-being for the purpose of maybe freeing some young ladies and men even, uh, you know, from from that that darkness that they're in. And um, and I think that's that's huge. And so she she was telling me that she went to uh, this seminar and they were talking about ways to, I guess, help the drug epidemic in, in the city that we're in. And, you know, she ended up asking the question, why aren't we looking for the root issue? You know, why are we why are we trying to do all these different things? Uh, Here's (laughs) guys. There is a natural way to love someone and there's a spiritual way to love someone. Uh, Let me explain the difference. The spiritual solution that the city has been coming up with so far in terms of drug use is. um, It's not it's not freeing the ones that are caught in it. It's simply just preventing it from getting any worse. Um, so the ones that are already in that drug uh, world where they're consumed with it, basically the city's view is, eh, <laughs> you know, like they're already in it. So F them like, you know, and that's that's honestly their actions. And uh, but for the ones that that are in it, they're like, yeah, we can do some things that can stop them. Uh, and here's how they do that. I can't remember the name of this item, but there's this thing that you can spray up somebody's nose so that if they're having an overdose to where they might die, you can spray that up and it goes right to their brain and it kills that high. And, uh, you know, it kind of returns them to a normal state. That's their plan. (laughs) That is, I kid you not, that is their plan. It's basically to wait for them to get high and spray some stuff up their nose, like meth be gone. (laughs) And then, you know, bang, you're better, right? Like that's it. Not saying that that's not good because that's huge. That's going to stop a lot of people from overdosing and dying. Is that going to help the issue at hand? No, no, it's not. You know, and so uh, my friend's question was huge. The core issue. Let's get to it, because then if we understand the core issue, not only can we stop it from getting worse, but we can also go back to the people that have gotten worse and help them out of it. Right. So it's twofold. Um, Here's why I told her that might not happen, because naturally the world can love people and the world needs to love people naturally. You know, they also were looking at um, uh, people that are doing drugs. They're like, well, we can at least give them clean needles. Yeah. Or you you can give them no needles at all and try to maybe just take the needles out of their hand that they already have. You know, not saying that giving them clean needles isn't a good idea. Like while it might be counterintuitive to all of us, I do see the good in it. Right. You know, hey, listen, if you're going to use a dirty needle, at least take this clean one. So I know you're not getting AIDS on top of, you know, your you're high or whatever else it's, you know, is going on. Um, and so, yeah, not a solution. 
a small band-aid, a very small band-aid, but a band-aid. And is that love? Yeah, I think it is. If you're if you're gonna go out and purchase like a, a ton of needles to spread to the community, um, yeah, again, it's counterintuitive and it sounds stupid to me just even saying it out loud, but it is better than using dirty recycled needles, you know, and and in doing that, you can then start to gain some of their trust. Why is this person giving me a clean needle? Like, why do you care about me? What is this? You know, what are what are you? Then you can kind of lure them in and kind of get them to more resources. Um, so yeah, that's a good start. Um, but you're looking at like decades and decades, generations going by before that actually does anything, right? Um, here's why I think that spiritually, I think that Christians are better equipped to love. We're we're looking at both sides of it. Naturally, we're going to go and speak to them. Hey, what's your story? Come sit down and talk with me. You know, well, let me understand why you're doing what you're doing. You know that you don't need to be here. That's natural. That's just a conversation, right? Um, and then spiritually, we're going home and we're telling our daddy everything. <laughs> like, yo, I just met this dude today. He'd been scratching himself for like 20 minutes while we were talking. His eyes are bloodshot red. His teeth are gone. Mess addict, right? He has this hole, but father, he needs you. You know, he can talk to me. I can give him food. I can give him bus tokens. I can, I can point him to this resource center. I can let him talk to me until he's blue in the face. But God, after this, he needs your touch. He needs, a, he needs to hear your voice. He needs to feel that you love him more than we do. Um, and that's, that's the spiritual side of it. So what, what we do as Christians is we understand that the place that they're in, it's not a natural position. They're in a spiritual war. There's a spiritual void in their life. And they're using that to, they're using the drugs to replace that void, uh, that only Christ can fill. Right. And so that's why I think that Christians are better suited because we are spiritual and natural, you know, creatures and, a lot of people do not want to acknowledge that. And that's fine, you know, because some people will live their entire lives without acknowledging it and they'll have a good life on this earth. Um, but we're not concerned about this earth. We're, we're considering the, the coming, you know, what is to come and the, the kingdom of Christ is coming. And so that's why we're we're looking inwardly. We're not judging the outward appearance as man does. We're looking through that into the heart and saying, you know what? I see you. I see what you're going through and I can give you these things, but there's a heart issue that I need to talk to. Uh, and so I think that um, in, in, in going out and loving, I think that the Christian's role looks different. While it's not just our job to love, the way we love takes on a completely different image. Um, and so... Yeah, I just I really want to encourage uh, you guys. And and so here's here's what we we decided to do, because she's going out to the community and, uh, you know, she had some questions. You know, what does that look like? You know, what do we do beforehand? One of the things I suggest is a prayer walk. You know, um, we're taking and loving people, guys. You got to know this. <laughs> you got to know this. And it's not easy. Um, but loving people the way Christ intended is challenging what the enemy has uh, tried to establish in this in this world, right? And so when we start loving people, and that love starts having real effects, and it starts pulling them out of their their darkness, and they start dropping the drugs, they start dropping the needles, they start dropping, you know, the uh, whatever else they have, the weapons, <laughs> you know, and they start coming to church, they start, you know, getting involved in the community, they maybe attend some small groups, they accept Christ. That's really grabbing people out of the clutches of the enemy's hand. He doesn't want that. And so acknowledging that loving people the way Christ intended is smacking Satan in the face, knowing you're engaging in a spiritual battle, you have to protect yourself against that. And so, 
um, while, yes, it's super fun. It's super fulfilling. It can even be funny sometimes. You know, I had a great conversation. This dude made me laugh. Yeah, that's all well and good, but you're now stomping in an area that the enemy doesn't want us to be in and uh, you got to protect yourself. And so one of the ways to do that is a prayer walk. Listen, you're going to experience a whole bunch of crazy stuff if you go into these communities and try to love people. Like one, it's just going to be the people in the pushback, but then there's going to be a spiritual pushback, right? The enemy doesn't want you to do that. And so knowing that firmly planting your feet and praying around that community and allowing that battle to start in the heavenlies and, you know, say, you know what, God, I invite you into this. And matter of fact, I don't just invite you. I insist, please go before me because Deuteronomy, what is it? 31 and eight says the Lord himself goes before you and will be with you. Uh, don't be afraid. Don't, uh, uh, yeah, don't be afraid. Don't be discouraged. Um, don't be fearful. Like he created that path for you. So if you guys want to go into those communities, pray over it, start that battle, start that battle with Christ in front of you. And then when you go in, you're simply just a tool at that point, right? You're not the person because God doesn't need us to heal the communities. He can do that all on his own, but in his love and respect for us and his faithfulness, he allows us to partner along with them. Um, and that's the beauty of, of love really is that love is already one. Christ has already won. All we have to do is be obedient and we'll see that fruit. Um, so yeah, those are just the thoughts that I had today, guys. Uh, love really loves in quiet. That's when love has, I think, um, a fuller effect, uh, than if you do it in public and you take your phone with you and you open Snapchat or Instagram or Facebook live, you know, and all the YouTube live if you open those things while you're on your way to go do a love act, is, is it is it really love or is it self-serving? Because then that means that you want something. So love is built sometimes in quiet. And then love, I think, prepares for war. <laughs> love prepares for war. You know, acknowledging that love isn't easy. Love is a fight. You know, love is, 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 is tiring. <laughs> um, but when you do that, you can have such a big effect. And so guys, uh, if anyone is dealing with that, if you've been thinking about that, or even if you're not thinking about it, I would encourage you to think about it. We're all in a community of some sort. Try to find a way to engage that community. Try to find a way to take that first step. Maybe it's just making, you know, doing prayer walks in your community. Maybe it's, uh, it's praying for somebody in particular and then, you know, allowing God to urge that, uh, or I'm sorry, push that conversation. Um, Whatever it is, guys, I'm praying for you. Uh, if you guys have any questions, you know, again, comments, concerns, anything like that, please feel free to hit me up. Uh, guys, thank you so much for listening. I love you all. You've been great. And I'm out.